welcome to the episode of the Nintendo Tam Podcast. I am Trevor Todd. Join me today is Wario Will. Uh, yep, the truth is out there somewhere in this vast universe, and you can't believe yeah, just can't believe it as well. That's it's the end of of March. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's the truth. Mm. Yeah. Again, I want to note that I'm so glad we don't actually make money off this podcast because we would have gotten copyrighted so many times because of Will's clip. Game. <laughs> I mean, today was the perfect time to bring that game, man. Come on, can you blame me? I mean, was, oh yeah, oh yeah, you always blame me. You always blame me. Well, I mean, I've, lo- I've lost Tyler, so I've lost someone to blame. Like, and Scott's, you know, he's the guy who laughs at all my jokes, and you know, faith is faith, so I can't, I can't, you know, blame her on anything. Can't lose your faith. <laughs> <laughs> but, but have I already lost her? Given the who she loves, uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> also, here, obviously, is Skull Kid Scott. The sun is here finally. It's been raining all this week, so I've just been really happy to see the sun today. It's been been kind of nice out here. It's actually been like it's 60 outside where I am. I'm like, just like, okay, maybe it is spring. So, and of course, joining us once again is Falcon Faith! Hi. I don't understand how y'all are saying that it's hot. I feel like I've been nothing but cold today. We never said it was hot, we said it was sunny. Well, that to me that signals hot. <laughs> I mean, here, I mean, here in, the, in the East Coast, it's for, it's like it was windy as heck. So it felt like four, like forty five degrees here on, on in the East Side. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just saying, the last three days have been nothing but downpours. So the fact that it's not a downpour is already a win. Mm-hmm. All right, I just want to reiterate my point. You need new signals. Like it's already known that men don't read signals from women well, but you just went from oh, it's sunny to it's hot. No, he clearly said I I'm happy about the sun, and I said oh, it's sixty outside. Sixty is not hot. See, so your signals are wrong. I mean, sixty is I think like I, warm though. I consider sixty kind it of. It is not. I never said really. it wasn't. I never said it was cold. I'm just saying it's not hot. You said oh, well, I'm cold. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. All right. Uh, we're going to actually have a little bit of a twist on the formula today because Faith sometimes has to leave early, but we wanted she wanted to be part of our of her first settle it in splat, uh, which is the splat fest starts tomorrow, and it is of course uh, basically what do you believe? Do you believe in the Loch Ness monster? Do you believe in aliens, or do you believe in Bigfoot? And uh, this is going to be easily one of our more interesting debates. <laughs> it's going to get weird, folks. So strap in as we settle it in splat. Okay, so uh, as we said, Splatfest is tomorrow during the weekend. We hope you have a good time. I sadly will be missing it yet again because oh, of the Comic-Con. But I will still <laughs> debate because I believe. I want to believe at least. So, <laughs> as we usually do, we are going to go straight through with uh, the options and in order. Therefore, the first up is the Loch Ness Monster. Skull Kid Scott, take it away. Alrighty. So before I begin my actual argument, I want to tell you that I read this on Google, so therefore it's factual. Oh! Uh, oh! User number Agent Laptop Sport says he is real. 
He is real. That's all you need to know. But is, <laughs> the, one, but is the One Piece real? <laughs> the, the One Piece is the Nessie we found along the way. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Anime plot twist! <laughs> that's why they can never find it, because it's always moving. <laughs> Would that be horrible if that's the actual One Piece? <laughs> the One Piece is the pirates we met along the way. <laughs> That would be so anime. I really hope they don't do that. <laughs> be better, anime. <laughs> be better. <laughs> okay, continue. Alrighty. So Nessie is my usual term, but it's usually it's actually a pretty universal term for the Loch Ness monster, the monster that's been seen all throughout, like Scotland, England, and Wales, kind of like the main points where it's located. And it has a lot of coverage from pictures, from stories. Granted, a lot of the pictures are like most pictures you see in the world where they're very blurred, pixelated, or very old, so you can't actually tell anything. But there are pictures! <laughs> yes, go on, You're go like, on. Would you want more than that? Yes, there are pictures. You know what there are pictures also of? Everything! <laughs> pictures of everything. <laughs> it's the but internet. it's also fun because there's actually a, a tied history to a specific lake that is actually known as the Loch Ness, <laughs> where the Loch Ness monster initially gets its gets its kind of name from. It's known as the largest body of fresh water in Britain and surrounding area, basically. But it's one of the things of why people believe it also is a perfect place for someone like a creature that's as big and as prolific as Nessie can actually exist in. There are many theories of what or who Nessie could be. Um, some think that it could just be an oversized eel, could be a part of an ancestor from Dinosaur, there is a lot of like actual theories that can be necessary. I mean, you can't obviously prove a lot of these things, but the fact that these theories actually have some kind of substance to them, I think is a good indicator that there could be a possibility that there is such a thing as a Loch Ness monster. We have a lot of theories of who it could of different types of creatures it could be. We also have lots of different theories of how it could have survived for this long in such a fresh water, but also because of Britain, it doesn't have a lot of different, like, climate changes. If you go to, like, somewhere in Britain, it's very... Not really... It's very calm in the sense that it's calm weather that doesn't really fluctuate very much. It's very wet, as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's very wet. It doesn't get too hot. It doesn't also get, like, extremely cold. It's a pretty decent temperature all the time, so it's a perfect climate for a creature like eels or other things that can kind of just live in one space of water that can go to like various outlets for rivers because another reason why people like like i like to say that is the Loch Ness connects to a lot of ver a variety of rivers that connects to other bodies of water so that it can basically go to a lot of locations which makes it a another reason of why it's so hard to track down but one of my favorite reasons why I believe that the Loch Ness Monster exists is because the Britain government uses it as a way to teach children about swimming creatures. <sighs> There's also a way to... They have also uh, the Loch Ness Monster as an icon for English literature to help teach kids English. 
So even if the Loch Ness Monster doesn't exist in some people's perspectives, it does exist to the government because it is an icon of literature. I just huh. remember it because it was a, it was a Scooby-Doo movie. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. it, and they even had uh, Don Knotts on there. Rest in peace, sir. And uh, it was there that we found out about Clan Blake where we find out that it's not just Daphne who's danger-prone. It's her whole clan. <laughs> Can't trust the Blakes. Yeah. That's literally the only reason I know what the Loch Ness Monster even is. Really? Really? I mean, like, I've heard of it, but it's like, to go in depth, yeah, that's why I know of it. Then everything after that I researched just because of that TV show. <laughs> and I did not know that we were studying these so in depth. I'm, like, blown away now. Well, like, I like Todd didn't tell me to like get like do a bullet point essay. I, it was implied, Faith, and you said like it was big, not. You, and you said yourself that you were like you know your Bigfoot fan, so I clearly felt that you had plenty of facts to have. So if you don't, if you don't have uh, faith, I in your told you, I told you why I was a Bigfoot fan. Yeah, I know, but that, is, that still meant that you had facts to share with the class. So. Well, I mean, I can. Oh, oh, don't worry. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Are you complaining? You're still prepared. I'm preparing myself now, but I could be. I could have been very prepared, and I could have blown everybody away. But you didn't tell me to do that. Okay, first of all, that's your fault for not listening to past episodes, Miss. Oh, I want to do everything. There's 300 and something. Do you think I have that much time? Okay. 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 Also, if you if you if you want to have uh, you know, your bullet points, you still have like another 10 minutes until it gets to your turn because me and Will stop, still gotta go and we still got stuff to talk about Nessie. So you have time, so stop whining and get to work! <laughs> we, we here at the Nintendo Maritime Podcast do not contone violence against co-workers unless they absolutely deserve it. And again, we only here for about an hour and 30 minutes, so we still yeah. got time. We're going to put so much of these Blackfest topics into a certain I, time slot. I do want to note that, uh, if if no one had done Nessie, I would have uh, taken that one because Nessie is one of those creatures where there actually is, you know, like Scott said, the quote unquote evidence, and it's it's been built up over the course of so dang long that yeah. it's it's so ingrained in our pop culture. Uh, like when I was doing my rewatch of uh, Gargoyles, which only watched seasons one and two. You, you <laughs> it's season three doesn't exist <laughs> it, do, it, do, it literally does not exist and i can tell you why after the show um <laughs> like it's canon that it doesn't exist anymore but uh goliath and angela actually go save the loch ness monster and her spawn like okay why not uh like i said it's been scooby-doo it's been referenced in all sorts of other movies and tv shows and uh, I'm sure if Supernatural had gone international, they would have done the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, yes. true, true. I would have loved to that. see that. They, yes. they absolutely. Like, imagine the Loch Ness episode. Like, Dean, like, they... <laughs> here's how I imagine they would have done it, okay? The whole thing would have been about not Loch Ness itself, but about hunters trying to kill it for some reason, and Sam and Dean are defending it, even though they have, they have no proof it exists, and then Dean at the end goes... Sam, we've been all over this lake. I haven't seen one dang Loch Ness monster. Where is it? And then Nessie just like shoots out of the water and does like a free willy splash. And Dean goes, "Son of a bit." So, like, <laughs> yes. 
And so like, I'm just like, hire me now, Hollywood. I'm right here. So like, but yeah, it, it's a pity we never got to see a Loch Ness Supernatural episode, but it, it would have happened. I have but it's it. still on the table. I yeah, mean, Jensen Ackles is, is still doing stuff with it. Well, but I mean, it's... it's <laughs> The they could, it could. I mean, they are still into Winchesters, if you want to concern that. Yeah. True. It's not the same. It's not the same! But, uh, true, but I mean, he has discussed bringing back Supernatural. It's true. <laughs> he has actually talked about it. I have no doubt. Uh, but yeah, Nessie is one of those things where I don't feel you can ever, not unlike the topic we're about to talk discuss, I don't think you could ever disprove it because right even when you get some of the other people who say like oh yeah we made it up there's other people who will swear on everything that they saw nessie in a small part in a big part whatever they're gonna they believe and as long as someone believes and people think is there something in loch ness the the myth is gonna continue and again, and how many times has Nessie half appeared in Nintendo games, a la Mario games? We've seen <laughs> Nessie, Dory, we've seen all these, we've seen um, everywhere in, in, in most, if any, all of more of the, all of the Mario games. So, yeah, it's kind of hard not to say you don't believe in Nessie. Yeah, there, there's even, uh, in the first Phoenix Wright game, there was a Loch Ness ripoff. Uh, because of a newspaper article. They're like, oh, is there a creature called Gordy in Gorge Lake? So, <laughs> it, it was it was an inflatable steel samurai balloon for the record. Yes, I do remember that off, off cuff. So, uh, But yeah, it's just, people are going to believe this one, no matter what, because it's so, it's been built up so well over the decades that even if you haven't seen it personally, you kind of have to wonder. And just to put it out there, ladies and gentlemen, there are creatures, there are literal creatures on this earth called living fossils. They have been around for millions upon millions of years and somehow, some way, have not gone extinct. Some of these creatures include the Caleocanth, which is off of the coast of Africa. There is the uh, uh, frilled shark. There is the vampire slash goblin shark. I do not recommend looking it up. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to save you here, ladies and gentlemen, okay? It has a xenomorph mouth. It's canon, so <laughs> it's it's true. And there's other ones that you know have existed for millions and millions of years. And so, why not something like a, a Loch Ness monster? You never know. And there, and, and we, and we absolutely know that we do not know every creature that lives on this earth, especially when it's in the ocean, Exa <laughs> or in a sea, or in a river, <laughs> or Mariana Trench. <laughs> no. You know, you never know. You never know. All right, next up, we're going to talk about aliens. Yay! Yeah, and we have a two-pronged attack for you on this one. Will is part one. I am part two, because obviously say the best for last. <laughs> so, Will, take it away. Why aliens? <laughs> and while I would like to go into Fence Shiver in regard to the, the existence of Neshi, unfortunately, Fry has it right, and that, yes, aliens are out there. And... There's just okay. Where should I even begin? Okay, first things first. Here in here in good old U.S. of A, there is Area 51, and we have seen so many quote unquote rumors, rumors, information in regards to the research they are doing quote unquote aliens. Secondly, we have seen so many regards to out in the in the world of space regarding to UFOs or unidentifying flying objects, which have we have seen many accounts, and not just here in the good old U.S. of A, it's also pretty much everywhere else in the world. 
So I think we can say that it is pretty much a universal. Third reason, it's space. We are just one planet here on Earth and out in the vastness of space that is spanning many light years out there. Like, can you not say that we're the, that there is something out there? Like, sure, we're just human beings here on this one marble of a planet in the cosmic vastness void of space, and you can't say that there is at least one more thing out there. Like, from medias, from, like, again, X-Files, from MIB, to all the medias out there, like, you know that we're just not alone. I mean, it's safe to say, many people have the general consensus to say that we are definitely not alone. I mean, heck, it could be even possible that there are aliens among us right here and right now. A smaller, miniature, or it could be just another, uh, I don't know, skinwalker of some sort, which some people like to confuse it as, as that. But aliens out there is it's just po absolutely possible given to the, like, I don't know, the infinite possibilities, which is the co the cosmic of space. And I don't know, from it, like, be it from fantasy movies to our medias, I, I like, I don't know, of course, naturally with Mass Effect or uh, Beyond Good and Evil. It's just so many regarding to different species out there. I mean, sure, we always like to think of us as, like, the as, uh, Homo sapiens as, like, yes, the, the, the one species we like to believe in, rah, rah, rah. But there is other species out there. And regarding to the voidness of it all, like, yes, I'm being a broken record, but... And of course, we only only just get past to the only to the moon. Who can say but there's something else beyond our Milky Way galaxy, like the nebulas and all that, and even the stars of stars have their own galaxies. We just don't know enough. Sure, you can disprove aliens not being real, but in in our human lifetime of a hundred years, tops at most, who can say that there isn't isn't anything out there? It's just. The, the vastness, the truth is out there. It's out there. Aliens are real. They're coming, come over. Or they think they view humans as stupid as already, so they will never come to our planet in our lifetimes. Ugh. But either way, aliens are real. It's out there. The truth is out there. I just want to note that uh, Will says that there is aliens among us, and that's not sus at all. <laughs> I mean, are again, you voting among us is, is the top rated game, so who can say that aliens are not here? I don't well, know. If, if we are going to vote someone else, I vote Faith because uh, she is, you know, defending Chris Pratt as Mario with all she has, and that is totally <laughs> sus. I feel like you're just saying that, though, because over the weekend when we FaceTimed, I did call you an alien because you were able to have all of this work done and have time for a nap every day, so I called you an alien. So you're just uh, defended. Well, I mean, you're just defended. It's I, okay, though. It's okay. I, 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 okay, fine. Be that way. Uh, so that's one vote for Faith. Scott, are you with me? <laughs> uh, like, Faith was the imposter. I knew it! <laughs> All right. So my, here's my argument. And I know that some of you who know me, and I have mentioned it a few times on this podcast, you might find it odd that I, and, and for the record, I do, to an extent, believe in aliens. Um, you might find that odd because I am a Christian. And of course, Christians believe in the in the quote "one true God," uh, and by that extension, that would mean that they, God, only created Earth to house its living beings, the recreations of God's image. 
And that is and that is very fair. And in fact, I remember going to a conference once talking about how you can use science to determine that God is real. Because in the infinite cosmos that is out there, we are the only planet that is known to have life. And that is a mathematical impossibility. Because it, even with this random chance, one in a gazillion is still one. So that would still mean two and two gazillion or whatever there should be other life out there but if we were to flip that around and we were to take god out of the equation that would mean that there absolutely is life out there we just haven't found it yet and when i was doing uh work on one of my various scripts i came across something called the fermi paradox uh and basically the the the, the principle of this paradox is that if there is life out there, why haven't we found it yet? And that might seem like it's something that disproves alien life, but it's actually quite the opposite. It really expresses how we as humanity are so limited in our technology and our ability that even if aliens are out there, we couldn't probably find them. Think about it. We have these telescopes that can shoot Pick, or take pictures into the depths of space. We know of other galaxies and uh, various planets, and we've taken pictures of them, but we don't know what's on those planets. We don't know if there is or is not life on there. We can assume there is or is not life because of the basis of what we live on with Earth. That's why we're, we are always looking for, quote, Class M planets. But you can't definitively prove or disprove based off these pictures because we're not on the worlds themselves. And we're never going to be, barring us uh, learning how to make a warp drive or a certain doctor in a blue police box taking us to other worlds on a whim. I'm just saying if a, if a random dude with a Scottish accent or an English accent or whatever said, come with me, I'd probably do it. I mean, or that or probably Gene Roddenberry comes back to life and actually makes something of that sort. You never know. <laughs> You never know. But just by the, the mathematical principles that we as humanity have governed by, it would be almost impossible for life not to exist out there. So let's flip the Fermi paradox on its head once again. So why haven't we found the aliens? No, why haven't the aliens found us? What if they're almost exactly like us? What if they are another race of beings that are on the same or similar technology level as us? They can't see us. They can't find us. They can't communicate with us. So they're just as in the dark as we are. They might think that they're the only beings in the universe on a habitable planet. And thus begins the infinite question of, if that's true, how many other beings, races, whatever is out there? So of the three, it makes sense to believe in aliens of some kind, because with the grandness of our universe and with it being ever expanding and the Big Bang, should you believe in that, being something that in a moment created all this thing, all this stuff. And then over time, because remember, Earth took time to be made, no matter what you believe, whether it be seven days or a couple hundred million years, um, it took time to make life. And if that's the case life uh found a way to be born on another planet it might not look like us it might be more animalistic in nature it might be something that we wouldn't even recognize as life immediately or and this has also been proposed by scientists they could be in a stage where they're still 
microorganisms or single-celled organisms. It could be like the most basic form of life, but that's still life, and that's still aliens. Now, do I personally believe that aliens are in Area 51? Yes. We all know. <laughs> we all know that the government totally interfered with uh, Storm Area 51. Okay. Oh, for sure, for <clears throat> sure, exactly. Yes. Had... It also wasn't the best storm. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the best storm, but I'm sure it was the most memeable storm. And hey, we had an Naruto one, so yes, Otaku's represent. Hey. I'm saying, like, there was so many people who signed up for it, and then, then the the people behind it mysteriously downgraded the event because they're like, oh, there's going to be too many people. That's what you wanted. Clearly, the government interfered. Like, that's the point. It's exactly. I if mean, there's a lot of us, they can't stop us. Oh, there's too many of us. That, I okay. Exactly. And, and, and then think about it. Think about think about the backlash, if you will, of that event. Not just the Naruto run, which was perfectly timed. Bravo to you, kid. But <laughs> it made Area 51 look good because the people who quote unquote wanted to store it did show up. So it was like we don't have to do anything because oh, they they don't believe in it either. It was all a beautiful smokescreen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's all for the meme. It's all for the meme. And uh, but seriously, there are things that are unexplained. There are things that even the government is like, we really don't know what that was. And while I can't personally say that I've seen a UFO in the sky or, you know, have been, you know, beamed up by Scotty or someone else, I can't deny the possibility that somewhere out there. Beneath a pale moon. Like, no. Uh, that's a horrible song. I'm sorry. I had to sing that in choir when I was in seventh grade. It was so bad. Um, laugh. Dang you. Laugh. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Too late, Faith. Scott, that's why Scott's my favorite. <laughs> I was trying, but I had to push the button. Oh, you had to push the button. Sus. Yeah, and I was like all comfy, and then I had to reach over and hit the button. Oh, was... you were all comfy. Okay. So anyway, point here is, while I cannot say that I have seen an alien of any kind, UFO right in front of me, you know, outside of video games and stuff like that, uh, I can't deny that there is a possibility that aliens are out there. And there are plenty of other Christians, including some certain uh, high-profile pastors that I've seen, who say that, yeah, it could be. They could be out there. Mm. And until mm. now, until they come to Earth and we eventually start a war with them because we're idiots, and then, of course, our humanity is all wiped out unless, of course, the germs kill them all like War of the Worlds, which is a totally stupid concept. To think of. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the thing people were actually freaked out by War of the Worlds. I'm like, hello? It's a radio program. Anyway, uh, there is a chance. And as long as there is a chance, people are going to believe. And they are going to picture and fantasize to a healthy degree, healthy degree, about what <laughs> these aliens are going to be like. I'm, I'm just saying. Like, look, I'm playing, I'm, we're talking about some of what I've been playing, but, like, I've been playing Mass Effect, and they <laughs> clearly made one of those alien species to be the ones, like, that are, you know. I mean, again, it's, it's more or less based on the fifth element, so sure. This is true. So... And there you go, Fifth Element, Star Wars, you know, all these things. Like, we, we imagine, like, what all the potential alien races could be like. And that's that's fascinating. That's fun for us. And so we will continue to believe because we want to see in the future, potentially, which who predicted correctly, who imagined what these aliens would look like to a good extent. And that's fascinating. And that's why we'll continue to believe. 
And plus also, like, what do you, in, in this life, if we have an infinite amount of lifetime, what is it that you want, truly want to see? Do you want to see, I don't know, a nice little neshy pleshy uh, on the sea? Do you want to see a giant hairy Bigfoot that comes, I don't know, that does possibly even possibly eat you? Or do you want to go to out to see have someone come in space and like, oh, the infinite possibility of different forms? I don't know. I like the possibility. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm just saying that if, if Nessie actually was adorable, people would pick Nessie. Yes. Probably. <laughs> and, and we all know that people like Bigfoot because he, he it eats beef jerky and apparently is a good workout teacher. Hmm. It likes the Slim Jims. <laughs> there you go. So I, was, I was hoping someone would get the reference here. These are beef jerky commercial references. Yes. All right. And now, ladies and gentlemen, representing Bigfoot slash Sass Squash. Say that five times fast. It's Faith. Okay, so I'm unprepared for this, but oh, here we go. Here's the thing. Wine, here's wine, the thing. Listen, 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 listen. So my family is actually really big into the whole Bigfoot thing for many reasons, and and I'll, I'll get into that more later. But just the key facts about Bigfoot is that everybody believes like he's this big brown ape. Well, also some people believe that he is apparently like a bluish green color. Don't know where in the world some people believe that, but hey, whatever. Um, and you know. I believe that he's real for many reasons, not only because, you know, just to believe, but it's like, I feel like there's so many creatures out into the world nowadays that people are finding fossils, you know, whatever you want to name it, that, you know, we never knew existed. And I feel like, you know, nowadays, so many different breeds of animals and all kinds of things are mixed together to where, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there's like some ape monster, some kind of thing like Bigfoot existing. Um, and I just find it really cool that there has been so many actual, you know, quote unquote sightings of Bigfoot throughout like North America and stuff of people actually seeing him. One person actually being in my family that claims that they've seen Bigfoot, uh, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, and places like Russia and France and Germany have actually put Bigfoot on their endangered species list. Don't really know the history behind that, but I mean, it is a proven fact that it's on their list, um, which is really cool. Um, but one of the reasons that I mainly picked Bigfoot is because, like, me and my family has had ongoing theories about how that we believe Bigfoot's real. Again, just because, you know, there's so many creatures out here nowadays that are just, you know, mixing genetics and all of that stuff to where, you know, it wouldn't be surprising. Um, but then also, like, around the URIs and stuff, which I have a lot of family around the URIs, um, it is a big known thing that, you know, oh, Bigfoot lives in the URIs, which is, like, around the North Carolina and Virginia areas, um believe that he's real and stuff and it's like one of my family members um i, I won't say her name because she'll, she'll be mad at me if i do say her <laughs> um, name no no um I, I was at a wedding with my cousin and she was like you know what i saw in my backyard the other day she was like bigfoot and i'm like well, what do you mean and she was like so i was looking out in the backyard the other day out of my window and i was looking at my garden and she was like there was this short little brown creature that came up and was looking at my garden just looked at it i think she said it like picked a flower or something and then it just hopped back off into the woods and i'm just sitting here looking at her and wondering if she's being legit with me but you know hey um, but then also the main reason that I picked Bigfoot is kind of a really stupid reason, but it's also a cool reason. Um, <laughs> not the Bigfoot, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's not, no. Um, so basically my uncle is like, um, he's a Masonic. Um, he's also a Shriner and he's been knighted. Um, true story. Don't know the actual story, but true story. Um, and so he hosts um, a bike riding event um, in the URIs. 
um, for the Masons to raise money for fo um, like foster homes and all kinds of stuff like that. Like the Masons literally have ball teenagers that like, you know, don't have homes, cars and all kinds of stuff just for free, just here, have it. Um, so he raises money for all of that. And one thing that he does since his rides do take place in the URIs is he wanted to incorporate Bigfoot into all of that because, you know, it's a big lore over there in the URI area um, that Bigfoot's real and all of that. And so basically the reason that I believe that Bigfoot's real is because basically my dad decided to become Bigfoot. True story. <laughs> um, so basically for the ride, he um, got, he like rented um, a costume from this guy that um, my uncle knows and dressed up as Bigfoot. And these are legitimate pictures all over the internet. Um, and like one of the next, it wasn't the first year, it was like years later on, he actually got a mini bike and painted it up all of these bright colors and put Bigfoot stickers all over it so that he could ride with the bikers during this event. So there are pictures of Bigfoot on a motorcycle on the internet. Pretty cool. Um, so mainly that is why I picked Bigfoot. But I do believe that there are creatures out there in the world like Bigfoot that exist. And I feel like maybe one day, if we're lucky enough, we'll get to see them. But, you know, I do believe that it's out there, though. And I just want to say one quick quote. When you're exposed to a character for an extended period of time, you develop a refined taste that allows you to view this material calmly and treat it as an art. End quote. <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing. I actually, if we're being completely honest here, I actually think that Bigfoot is the easiest to prove exists for an incredibly simplistic reason. And I guarantee you it's probably not the one you're thinking. All right? So, I have big feet. I have a size 13. <laughs> and then there's NBA players that are much, have much grander feet than I so by definition, there is a Bigfoot out there. There are actually quite a lot. And some people have to have custom shoes made because of how gigantic their feet are. So therefore, Bigfoot exists. You're welcome, Faith. Are you, are you calling yourself a big brown ape, though? Well, I, mean, I, know, I know you haven't seen me in that, that way. But... <laughs> hold on! Hold on! Let me finish the statement before you laugh. I haven't even gotten to the funny part yet. Uh, in our video chats, but my arms and legs are incredibly hairy. Like, you, you only see my face and my hands, but my arms and legs are like... I've seen you in a t-shirt, haven't I? If you have, I don't recall. I, don't, I feel like I have. Yeah, I, mean, maybe... I don't know. I wasn't sitting here looking at your arm hair, so I don't know. <laughs> Your loss. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but no. I mean, am I an ape? Well, I'm sure my sister... We're homeo sapiens. Of course we're hairy. Yeah. But, I mean, you did call you did call your panda I mean your your sister a panda one time. So I mean apparently you're the ape and she's the panda. I don't I'm, I'm the wolf, but that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I, I've actually had to do multiple work scripts on Bigfoot, kid you not. And I have learned some very interesting things about Bigfoot over the years, including the various variations of them that have been quote unquote seen over the decades and i'll admit it's a fascinating thing of all the sites and uh versions that they have like for example bigfoot typically is only found in uh north america generally between the canadian border and the yukon and sometimes they have been spotted down in mexico it's rare but they have been found there and then or spotted there and of course they're scattered all over across the u.s uh depending on the region 
And there are all sorts of stories, both legendary and, you know, quote unquote, real life events that are of people who have had to encounter Bigfoot or one of those variations. And, and, you know, again, much like with Nessie, when you have decades of stories like this, it's hard to just straight up deny that it doesn't exist because clearly they saw something. You you want to believe, pun intended, that they're not just making this crap up. That they just didn't just wake up one day and go, you know what, I want to be one of them Bigfoot people and like say that I saw, you know, a Bigfoot. I, I, I want to believe it, that the, people aren't just like seeking fame and whatever. And I want to believe that I didn't just see a notification on my computer that Faith is somehow playing Marvel's Midnight Suns right now instead of Doing the <laughs> podcast. What? I don't know what you're talking about. I just saw the notification. It was right there. I pointed to something you can't see me pointing to, but it was right there. Faith <laughs> is currently playing Marvel's Midnight Suns. <laughs> because I gotta get a screenshot for something. I'm not oh. playing it. Just calm down. Calm down. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. I am trying to help you with your argument, and you are here playing another video game during the podcast. Here's the thing. I'm a woman. I, I pointed this out to you once. I can multitask. Oh, wow. She's pulling out the woman card, guys. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm pulling out the host card, and I'm telling you to get start together. <laughs> okay. A anyway, like, there are thousands of stories about Bigfoot and their variations. Like, there's a version of Bigfoot in Florida called the Skunk Ape. And the reason it's called a skunk ape is because of its black and white coloring and its repugnant smell. I cannot confirm that the, it expulges this smell out of its rear end or its various <laughs> scent glands, but it apparently really, really stunk. So. And apparently some people also believe that Bigfoot is like a spiritual creature. And I'm like, that just makes me imagine, like, you know, like, I don't know what they call them, like them, them, them. They're not like gypsies, but like them people that are all like, you know, Oh, these plants and all these herbs and you know, I hippies. like the witch people. Yeah, the hippies. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> hippies. I'm just imagining like some Bigfoot out there with like some tie-dyed shirt on, you know, just out there in the woods, just being like the whole earth is so beautiful and everything just smells so nice. Like, this is what I'm imagining Bigfoot somehow, when they say that he was a spiritual creature. Somehow I'm getting the the very strange image of Weird Gay Al back in the day, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Look, until we find, or until someone definitely takes a picture, a non-blurry, non-blurry video of Bigfoot, you know, we're just going to have to keep debating. And that's why I think this Splatfest is so interesting, because it's not just about, you know, what you believe. It's about who you're willing to support in public. Because <laughs> I have no doubt that there are plenty of people on Team Alien who don't actually believe in aliens, but they want to be like those people for a day. It's like, yeah, Team Aliens, you know, love them in Mass Effect or whatever. Or, you know, I, I wish I could have a Twilight, a Twilight in my life for very humble reasons, I'm sure. Very pure reasons, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. So, make of all of this what you will. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, pick the team that you want as you defend them in the Splatfest. So, I bid you all a good job ahead. Good luck getting as many points for your team. It should be noted, uh, this is a small tangent, that there was a, a Splatfest update today, or sorry, a Splatoon 3 update today, preparing for the Splatfest, and one of the things that they reorganized was the point totals that you can get for the various sections. There were some were increased, some were decreased, some were kept the same. It's still 57 points total, but it has been rearranged outside of 
your standard uh, weapons changes, stage changes, etc., etc. Oh. So be sure to check out the patch notes before you settle it and splat yourself tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. So, good luck. Alright. And with that, we will now discuss our gaming exploits in what? How you been playing? And I will go first because, uh, as noted last week, I finished my review of Bayonetta Origins, Stories and Lost Demon, and that was a really fun time. I still have yet to do the uh, post-game content, which I will not spoil, but uh, I will get to that eventually. Uh, but in my spare time that I had, which was was nice. It's nice having spare time. We had a con this weekend, so I will have less spare time than usual. I restarted, or I should say, I continued my Mass Effect Legendary Edition journey, and I started at Mass Effect Two. Okay. Okay. Which is it still holds up? Like, dear God. Yes, it does. This game still holds up. It's still fun. The opening of the game where Shepard dies. Spoilers. For, uh, it's literally five minutes. Yeah, Spoiler for the thing. tutorial of Mass Effect Two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it it's still a great game. Uh, yeah, there's some visual visual glitches, but that's just par for the course of games like this. But uh, the game still holds up. I just did one of the loyalty missions with Miranda, and you know she came off when you first saw her, she's like, oh, she's the perfect woman. Gee, I wonder why they put her in there. And then you learn her backstory. It's like, okay, yeah, she really is deeper than you imagine. And uh, a lot of the, the characters and the designs and just how they work in what you did with Mass Effect 1 while building up things in Mass Effect 2. They got freaking Martin Sheen to voice the Elusive. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Uh, that was big to me back then because I knew him from the West Wing. And that was a show that my mom adored forever and still does to this day but now i have seen him in multiple things including i i watched i binged all of west wing for the first time like a, two years ago no it was longer it was three years ago yeah because it was right before the election because i wanted to see how actual president should act <laughs> just say um but it was it was like oh my gosh martin sheen he just totally kills it and the voice acting so on point and the missions are great and there's just so much to do Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm, even more than the first game, they make you, you know, feel like this is this big world. And there's all these missions that you can do, especially how how they connect with Mass Effect One, and I, I just I really enjoy it. And something I I did not get to experience was that uh, there was DLC for the second game. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were the two new characters, the David and Kasumi, who I am actually really enjoying Kasumi because she has this really playful. Ah, uh, uh, she game. she is definitely one of my top top characters. Yes, She's top so character. I, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed using her, and her and Garrus are like perfect against all uh, synthetic <laughs> life. It's it's great because they both have overload. Um, haven't used Savid as much. He's just he feels kind of bland to me. Uh, he's just, just there. He's, he's, <laughs> he's like, oh, he's a war veteran, and well, he's a dick. And... I mean, yeah, Saeed definitely is, like, again, he is purely renegade, especially just living for the sake of revenge, if you help go through for his loyalty mission. But I, a lot of people love Saeed. Unfortunately, his, his uh, actor did pass away a while back. Oh. But he is definitely, like, I don't know, he's just the guy you want to uh, just want to break out a colon with, and which a lot of people <laughs> actually chose the renegade because Saeed lives in that one. You actually see Saeed in the renegade of Mass Effect 3. Oh, good enough. So wait a minute. So that doesn't mean that no matter what I do, he's gonna die because I'm a paragon. Uh no 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 no. He's still alive. I mean, it, well, obviously depending on your choices, but he, yeah. uh, anyway. he's in the renegade ending. <laughs> in, in case three, you know Mass Effect Two, yeah, it definitely depends on your choices. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, 
But yeah, I stopped him from getting revenge, so I guess he's gonna die. Oh well. But there's a there's a new mission that you get because of the DLC where you stop you actually get to stop the Reapers from coming early. Which yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And it was just like such a great mission. I'm like. I went into it thinking, okay, this is you know a fun little mission. It took so long to get through because it's so layered, and the twists and turns with it, and then at the end, which it, it helps set up Mass Effect Three in its own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dear gosh, they really went full tilt with this. I'm like, this is great. Peak Bioware back in his time. Yeah, the yeah, Mass Effect Two is by far peak Bioware. Peak, peak Bioware <laughs> in every way. In fact, if you play the Legendary Edition, they do this little like mini cutscene before their their logo shows up and it's only characters from mass effect one and two gee i wonder why <laughs> i'm just saying but uh the only complaints i have with the game are um for there's some, again there's some odd glitches also even though the character models still mostly hold up the teeth the okay, teeth okay, okay, and okay, the okay. talking yeah the that teeth. gets me <laughs> like jacob has this jacob has, jacob looks fine like he looks like your typical soldier guy but when he opens his mouth and you see the teeth it looks like just one shade over a, like a tooth model and it's just like no yeah 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 stop like why do you why do you look like that jacob like get, go to a dentist man um also mining like Oh yeah, that thing is is tedious. It, it is. Yeah. Like, I, I want to, and I'm like, I I'm, I want to do completionist run sort of, and so I like go to every planet and I mine it all, and I have like three hundred thousand of one uh, mineral, and I I have like nothing to really spend it on. Yeah. Until, yeah, until yeah. much later, I'm like, then why am I mining now? And so, you know, it get it gets a little a, a little yada yada, but also Ashley still sucks. Uh, <laughs> look, I know I didn't get the hate for her the first playthrough because it was just like, okay, she's you know your typical, you know, I'm I'm human, I like being human, all that stuff. But when you get to the second game, uh, she does. Yeah. She, she basically ignores your mission, and she goes, "I'm no fan of aliens, but I'm you know I'm not going to join Cerberus." I'm like, wait a minute, you're not a fan of aliens? You saved the freaking galaxy with aliens. Half <laughs> my team was aliens last time. You bitch. So. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad you know, they benched her in the second game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yes, I know she gets you, you get to recruit her in the third game, and she's a Spectre and blah blah blah. But let's just say in a, the Mass Effect One in my Legendary Edition run, it was no choice. It was always Liara. <laughs> 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 I and I'm not just saying that because I just happen to like the color blue. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But no, I'm I'm enjoying this. I still got a, a bit to go and. uh I might have to stop soon because I might have a code coming in for another title, but <laughs> this game is just so good. It holds up all these years later, and you really have to wonder how Bioware fell, fell so far. <laughs> oh, there are plenty of things I can probably list. I play the list, but I'm sure there's well, more okay, than just that. It's not all EA. Mostly. But it mostly is, EA. <laughs> it's mostly EA. So, and if they do release Mass Effect 4 ever, Hopefully it takes us back to those days of Mass Effect 2 when everything was fine. And again, we do not talk Andromeda. <laughs> we do not. We do not talk Andromeda. So, oh, actually, I'll tell you that story, Faith, because I have never told you it. I was a big fan of the trilogy, Mass Effect trilogy, and so when Andromeda came out, even though I didn't think I had a good enough computer for it, I found a deal to get like ten bucks off, so I bought it, and I tried playing it. My computer couldn't run it, and I'm like really mad at myself. So I'm like, maybe I'll get a better computer later. And then right after I, I got it, I started seeing all the reviews of it and what people thought of it. And I'm like, man, I really wasted 50 bucks now, didn't I? 
Oh, wow. yeah. I thought this was going to be the story of that this game broke your computer and you had to get a new one. No, that was this game. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I, I haven't told you that story either, but I have terrible luck with computers. Was it Cyberpunk? No, that, no, no I, I wouldn't dare. I, <laughs> I didn't dare get Cyberpunk. <laughs> no, no. I, didn't get, I didn't get back into gaming until last or PC gaming until last year when our dear boss bought me a new computer. And even then, I broke it within two, 48 hours. How? You know, you know, Keith told me something about your computer, and I find it hilarious, and I haven't talked to you about that. What is it? Is it really sitting on a piece of cardboard? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, Keith okay. literally, okay, listen, listen. When Keith did the interview with me, okay, his not interview interview, when he did that with me, literally, he was talking about you and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, if you want any game or whatnot and you want to review it, I'll get it for you. He's like, I like to take care of people. You know, like Todd, for example, I bought him a new computer because it wasn't working. And then he's like, and you want to know what he did? He sent me a picture of it sitting on a piece of cardboard. And I'm like, bro, you can't do that. And then you have, I'm like, really? It's sitting on a piece of cardboard, Todd? It's on a piece of cardboard? Hold on. Because I know some people are screaming at the screen right now. Thanks a lot, Faith. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, I wasn't going to say it, but then you wanted me to, so... No, no, I didn't want you to. I do not want you to embarrass the host on his own podcast. Like, come on. No, here, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Oh, by all means, so, Faith. Do share all the dirty little stories. I, no, Keith... I, my old computer was dying. Like, it was seriously dying. I was going to have to get a new one. And then Keith surprised me, and he bought me a, a full-on gaming PC. Um... It cost him twenty grand. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine though? Um, Getting you a NASA computer at that. <laughs> yeah, it's so big. Thing. It's taller than I am now. Uh, so I bought the computer and I and I set it up. And my last computer, the one that I had had at the time for about six years, so it was it was old. It really was, but it worked for six years. And my old computer sat right on my carpet, and it was fine. For six years, six years, it was fine. And so I get this new computer, put it on the ground, and I start doing my thing. And so that night, I play Batman Arkham Asylum. I'm going through all my greatest hits because there wasn't anything new to, for me to play at the time. And about two hours, no, 90 minutes into the thing, my whole computer shuts down. And I'm like, what the heck? And so I get it restarted, everything seems fine. And then I try playing Batman again, and all of a sudden, I hear this weird whirring noise in my PC. And so I flip out. I go to Keith. I'm like, Keith, what happened? He goes, well, this, this shouldn't be possible, but I think it's the power supply. I'm like, how? He's like, well, there's a bad power supply. They sometimes put into them. And so, you know, go to the Best Buy, get a new one, and, you know, I'll, I'll pay for it. And so I did. And so the guys are looking at it at the Geek Squad. And so they tilt the PC over. And what I do, what they do, I notice there's a fan on the bottom. Specifically, it's the intake. <laughs> I did not know the intake fan was there because in the instruction manual, it does not say put this on a metal surface or put this on a raised surface or don't put this on the carpet. It did not say that. It just said put the pe- put the tower where you want to. And I had it on the ground right where my last computer sat for six years without too much of an issue. And so I'm like, guys, um, if I put that on the carpet, that would be bad, right? He goes, yeah, that would be bad. So I'm like, I probably should raise this so that it doesn't do that again, right? And he goes, yeah, you probably should get something solid to put it on. So I don't have anything, like, super metal. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I have the box that the, the computer came in. And the flaps are really thick. And there was, uh, you know, little pegs on the bottom of the tower. So it wouldn't be the cardboard on the fan. So I just 
took I ripped off that flap, put it on the ground, put the computer on the cardboard, and I've been mostly happy ever since. <laughs> it sounds really smart, though. It it works. I mean, trust me. the the uh, the The problem that I'm having is with one of the fans. It's not like the computer is acting up. So it, I didn't break it again. I don't think. <laughs> so you can't get off my sorry back. I got nothing stressed about without being berated for my computer choices. But, but you know, then you have me, a person with anxiety, and I'm like, that my computer's going to end up setting the cardboard on fire or something. Something <laughs> dramatic like that. Hey, if, if it does get set on fire, I'll be like, well, I won't do that again. But until it does, <laughs> I, that computer's going to stay on that cardboard, and I will not move it. <laughs> and in Fair. conclusion, Mass Effect 2 is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Faith, since you seem so talkative right now, why don't you talk about what you've been playing? Okay. Okay. So, first up, I'm reviewing a game, and it's The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. And I am so obsessed with this game. Um, when I first got it, I, I didn't know how obsessed I was going to be with it. I mean, yeah, that is the whole reason that I bought the, the PSVR, the PSVR 2. Um, but I didn't know how obsessed I would actually get with it. I'm like, you know, I like The Walking Dead. I'm a, I'm a casual Walking Dead fan. Um, Shane deserved better. But anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I got it, and I'm reviewing it, and literally... I love it. But one of the things that I, I find funny about when you're playing it for like the first, it's like the tutorial, it's like the first maybe five minutes. Literally, there's this like, I don't know how to describe it, but you're in like a storage building, okay? And there's all these boxes. And they have these boxes like stacked up. And literally, I remember it coming up on the screen. And it's like, when a zombie grabs you, just shake it off. And I'm like, wait, what? No. So, literally, it makes you walk through this really tight, enclosed area, knowing that you're going to be grabbed by something at any given minute, but you don't know when. So, that was a little terrifying. Uh, <laughs> but from then, it's like, it, I love it. Um, one thing that I do, am, I am frustrated about, though, is you have to craft your own guns and, like, weapons and stuff, obviously. But one thing that I'm really confused about, and maybe there's a logical explanation for it, but I haven't found it yet, that or I'm just really dumb, is when you go over, like, I have all of these guns, all of these different guns. I don't know where any of them really came from, to be honest with you. I know I made a few of them, but there's all these other ones. I don't know where they came from. <laughs> they just exist. They just exist. Um... So when you make them, you like have this like setup desk, and then you have like these cards that are on like this this board, and each of those cards is like a different recipe to make something. Like you can make flares, and you can make um, bullets and guns, and all of these different things. And the way that they organized them makes sense because like you have a gun, then you have a bullet, then you have a gun and a bullet. And I can't understand because all of the bullets I keep making don't go in any of the guns that I have. So I don't understand where the bullets are for all of these guns that I mysteriously have. So the so that's... You to bite the bullet. Just throw the bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just like, okay. And then I was I was showing Todd this other day. There's all of these random dolls laying around everywhere. Everywhere. Like, you turn every corner and there's just random dolls. And at first, I was like, that is so creepy. I'm just going to keep walking. And then there's another doll. And then I'm like, okay, whatever. Keep walking. And then there's another doll. And so now I've basically got a whole collection of dolls 
just like in the little hideout area, there's like a shelf where I just keep adding the dolls as I keep finding them. So, so that's a fun little thing that I'm doing because, you know, that just shows obviously I'm a female playing a Walking Dead game when you're supposed to be, you know, doing cool stuff, but we're collecting dolls. Um, besides that, I've been playing um, The Sims because I, I'm still obsessed with the new expansion pack and the infant update. And now I like have like three newborns in my Sims house and my Sim may or may not be pregnant with another baby. But, you know, hey, it's fine. I'm not obsessed. I'm not obsessed. Um, and then besides that, I'm playing um, Midnight Suns because the new Morbius DLC. So, yeah, that's exciting. Morbid time. <laughs> yes. Wait, you're a fan of Morbius? I haven't even watched it. I'm just a fan because he's in the video game. No, no, not the movie. No one, no one but Scott likes to talk about the movie. What about the character? You like the character Morbius? I mean, he's pretty cool. I mean, who doesn't like a vampire? Well, I don't. I don't because he sucks. Oh! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Get Robo wrecked. There you go. <laughs> All right, fine. I, su I suppose you know liking a vampire is a choice. I suppose. All right. Next up, let's go to Scott, Mr. Morbid Time. <laughs> Alrighty. So the game that I've been playing a lot of lately is Atelier Rise of Three. Mm -mm -mm. Be playing it for a few. And for those who've probably listened to my Atelier rants before, um, I did say that Rise wasn't my favorite of the series i still like the mysterious alchemist one with sophie okay 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 but i will say rise of three is by far the best rise of game like holy crap they balance this game so much better than the first two mm -mm 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 -mm. um i remember the first one i finished i wasn't the biggest fan of i thought it was a little slow the second one i didn't even finish okay okay um but this third one is coming out it starts off pretty slow i think all the atelier games are supposed to start off pretty slow um, but they also, I feel like one thing that they did that also Atelier Sophie 2 did is that the balance of difficulty is kind of wonky in the beginning because it kind of expects you to experiment with the alchemy mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, this is the third game of the series. You should probably know how to do alchemy by now. And so I tried to see what would happen if I didn't do any alchemy just by going with like the, the default gear and got killed by a bunch of mobs because apparently you, should, you can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, like, if anything else, from what I've learned from the Atelier games, it's like, there are definitely ways you can more or less break the system, and they expect you, with the alchemy system too, like, yeah, create these different items, armors, and then, like, even to the point, like, make some really crazy armor sets. It, it, like, once you end the high levels, but you can definitely break the system in some way. Yeah, so I spent a lot of my time then min-maxing a lot of the gear, gave HP regeneration to one of my squishy units because they kept dying so quickly. <laughs> and it turned out to be a lot easier that way. And then I even got to like the big boss at the end of the first chapter and just instantly like destroyed him because I maybe went a little too far with my alchemy because I was just like, oh, I'm getting my butt kicked. I should probably get stronger. And then it turned into a whole arc of me grinding materials and mm -hmm, getting... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm all the alchemic bits so I could actually make a better staff, better armor, better amulets, just so that they can actually, you know, have good HP stats, because they were really low HP. It's one of the, it's one of those things that I kind of hate of some of the games, where they always make your character super low-leveled, even though it's been, like, you know, two games of you fighting godlike creatures, and then you go back to <laughs> getting killed by bunny rabbits, and you're just like, okay. <laughs> ah, the good old killer rabbit. 
And so I had to make sure that I had to put all of my effort into getting better equipment, better armor. And eventually then I was able to get all the way up to where I am now, which is the whole second island now. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And I accidentally uh, went to the uh, wrong direction because there's a side quest that like wanted me to go somewhere else. And then it turned out like the monsters were so much higher level than me. But ah. I still killed them because all my gear was so OP. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like leveling up after every single fight because they were giving me so much experience points. It was great. <laughs> and now I have it now where even my uh, potion is min-max. So I can get so much more health from using it. Because uh, you can reuse potions in the Atelier games. <laughs> and they get a lot of the, the stats that you boost on them. So I have like my stats hyper up. So it's like increases my defense attack and my health with every potion so i'm a just full like buff, a full buff and healing age. i use potion to get healed and now i'm like now i'm also roided <laughs> <laughs> so yes i actually really dig in atelier rise of three i think it's a really good start to a series that i haven't been the biggest fan of because i feel like a lot of the hype from Ryza is because of the way Ryza looks. <laughs> uh, of course. And again, we're going to have... Like, like the only re really have I seen... Like, I know that some of the Atelier's has, like, a, a three-game series. Like, I know, like, Dusk ha had a three-series one. Yep. As well as, like, one... And including with Ryza. And, of course, naturally, now, just a, wh a while ago, this past week, we actually got an announcement of the Ryza anime, which apparently yep. also <laughs> made us an official day as well. Official day of Ryza. So, yeah. And, yes, this is Nintendo News. Believe it or not people yes and like it's just <laughs> an anime and again the fact that Ryza more or less it helped it with with the series is like okay okay and yeah apparently the, the look of Ryza made it popular now people can actually play the good atelier games afterwards no <laughs> i mean he's hoping they bring it some time later but who knows <laughs> yeah man i'm excited that they're making the new remake for the original atelier games so. yeah 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 that one that one <laughs> Either way, I'm just excited that there's a lot more Atelier going around because I think it's a really good series that kind of capsulates on a lot of things that most JRPGs don't necessarily because it, it it's funny because Atelier games kind of capsulate on the grinding sections of games. Right, right, right. You right. get <laughs> you have to gather materials, you have to grind for materials, you have to continuously try to make new and more stuff, but gives you a lot of help for doing it and that's also the way that you level up your alchemy skills and then level up your recipes and levels up how you get more weapons and armor because trying to buy weapons and armor is kind of useless in the yeah, they games. want you to experiment <laughs> they want you to grind with to get with those op godlike equipment yeah armor. there's no point trying to buy them from stores you just alchemize them and it just turns amazing level up <laughs> level grinding what's that alchemy is where it's at <laughs> exactly but especially doesn't help that like the leveling leveling up does not actually give you a lot of stats in the Atelier games. Nope, it never does. <laughs> but getting newer and better equipment absolutely does. <laughs> like you get a new staff that's just a little bit stronger than your past one. It already gives you like uh, ten plus stats than what you already have, which makes it much better than like your ten levels up. Which maybe will give you ten extra stats or not. Mm -hmm. right, the right, only right. big thing that leveling up does is it gives you more of an HP pool. But either way, I'm just glad to see that Ryza, yeah, with the third game on pretty much more, more, more or less all systems. Like, yeah, the third game, end of the trilogy. Now we just get way into the next one. Then, so yeah, I'm just yeah. happy that Ryza's doing so well. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> Do you understand anything that they're talking about? And I don't think she's here. <laughs> Darn! I forgot button. to press the button. <laughs> no, I forgot to. No, 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 I was answering you, and then I realized I didn't press the button because apparently my microphone picks up too well. Uh, but no, I don't understand any of it. I'm just, I'm just listening. <laughs> I, I'm just sitting over here like the child with the Oreo pack on the floor during yeah. story time and just, just listening. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if anything else, this is why I like Scott because he is also a fellow man of culture who also appreciates. <laughs> the intelligence and other other types right <laughs> yeah and she is also i i would argue that she's also one of culture as well i would argue that she's also fairly culture based on it don't say chris pratt or you'll get a hit <laughs> but chris pratt's amazing in guardians of the galaxy and guardians of the galaxy alone Hey, don't diss the Lego movie. Okay, the original Lego movie was good. The original Lego movie was good. All right, Phil, go ahead, finish this off. Yeah, thankfully, I, I don't have too much that was different. So, more or less, I have been kissing on the grind of Splatoon 3, and more or less, I picked the alien team. I have grinded the conch show, so here's hoping that we get the conch for, at, at the beginning of the Splatfest. And also, I have a bit bullet and actually bought the, the, the season pass and went back to originals uh, Inc., Inkopolis and seeing the, the original hub worlds between one and yeah just see like i also just now the the, the um, all, both locations are now in the sunset area to preparing for the splatfest and like just seeing the original place again is like yeah, great memories. Great if you play um, Splatoon one on Wii U, then by all means you gotta get the nostalgia and just seeing Callie Marie and of course um, later on. I'm not sure we're going to be talking about this, but yeah, yeah, I might as well talk right now. It's like they will be having new songs with um, Callie Marie as well as one uh, new song, which is apparently by uh, Big Man. That's, yeah, they're, they're, Big Man's doing collaboration with them. Uh, they actually put out, uh, yeah, called Liquid Sunshine. So I think that may be a new uh, Splatfest song with them. So interesting thing. But aside from that DLC, like, yeah, it's just it's just nostalgia. Uh, it's, it's, of course, it's not really worth it until you get the second order. But you do get like the banners, get extra uh, uh, the uh, uh, ability uh, scrubs. So if you want to go go with that as well. So overall, it's a nice, not really worth it, but it's a nice little deal. So it, it's something. It's something. Um. Other games wise, of course, naturally just continue on the gacha mobile games that's coming with Fire Emblem Heroes, which we just received known about the legendary here, which is of course uh, Yuri of Three Three Houses, Time Skip Yuri, and overall, eh, if you like your three houses, then yeah, more three houses for you. We'll finally get all four lords now. So yeah, legendary Yuri, great good unit. So yeah, he'll be coming out by the time of this podcast release. And yeah, if you want to go on and pull him, by all means, definitely pull him. That that that. And yeah, overall, it's just it's been more or less quiet. It's everything else. Just continue with, but yeah, Splatoon Three has been good. And uh, yeah, uh, some just one quick small minor rant is that Salmon Run. Yeah, maybe it's just because it's the weekend, the weekday. But geez, the ways like Salmon Run people like get good. <laughs> Can you please get good? I mean, I seen you wearing the the the, the black uh, spl uh, black suits or white suits or the, like the the ink ink slop suits from Splatoon One that have like it says you play a lot of a seven run. But come on, can you get good? You're not gonna get the the top five percent like this way. 
Okay, okay. So, but yeah, over for that. Yeah, I'm just more or less been getting ready for those black fests this coming weekend. So yeah, go, 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 team aliens, go, go, go. Uh huh. All right. And with that, we will say goodbye to Faith because she apparently has to leave us because she's too good to talk about the news. <laughs> no, I just have too many responsibilities. Right. <laughs> I have a family. I have a family that's starving that needs me. There's so I have to provide. I have to provide. <laughs> uh-huh. No, it's fine. All right. All but right. I've enjoyed it. This was a lovely podcast, and y'all are going to do great. All right. Later, Faith. Bye. Bye. All right. And with her User disconnected gone, from your channel. All I want. <laughs> and I shall. That is a promise. But we also have other news to talk about. So it's time to go down the warp pipe and first chris pratt i can't he doesn't deserve the top spot <laughs> we're gonna talk about, of course the tears of the kingdom nintendo direct yes Ooh! we actually had one it was yes! morons now i won't lie i was a little i don't want to say put off but i was a little worried when they said it was just going to be a gameplay direct okay okay i mean yes seeing the gameplay is good but that's not exactly what a lot of people wanted they wanted more info about you know the world and the story and blah 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 <laughs> but they did reveal some really cool things in the game uh first and foremost we got just our first real look at the world outside of a trailer and it looks big <laughs> it looks like an upgraded version of hyrule and we now know that those floating entities above hyrule are, are called the sky islands by the team and there are plenty of them for you to go and visit but how do you go and visit such islands? Well, that's one of the key things they revealed. Because Link has, of course, his new arm. And that arm will give him special abilities for him to do. One of which is called Recall. What it will do is basically is a temporal ability. And it can allow objects to go back to where they once came. So, if, for example, it, Link happened to see a, a giant rock falling from one of the sky islands and hitting the ground, he can make it go back up into the sky and then use that as a platform to glide onto one of the islands. Fun. So, and then once we're on the islands, there are plenty of things that you can do depending on the island you're on, including fighting brand new enemies known as constructs. We don't have any information on the constructs outside of just their, some of their looks, but they will be very uh, diverse and they're, they will wield various weapons, including a certain kind of weapon that we'll get to in a second. But the uh, that leads to the second ability that you will have, which lots of people are having fun with, um, the Fuse ability. Mm-hmm. Now, to use this ability, Link needs to find a partner and then do an equidescent dance at the same time and match power levels. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I also want to mention the Batara earrings, but let's just, let's just end the joke right here. Um, fusion, ha! But yes, he can fuse multiple objects together to create pretty much anything he wants, including merging things like a stick and a rock to create a club of massive proportions that can beat down enemies without being destroyed within a few hits. Hmm. We finally have a reason to have all these apples. All these apples, all these sticks, all these leaves. All these eyes. <laughs> like, no, I'm not kidding. Like, I, I, I saw so many people loving this ability because, and we all had this problem in Breath of the Wild, 
when you had all these items and then it's like, oh, I need to pick up this weapon. Oh, your inventory is too full. Fine. Like, what can I get rid of? And then you throw that item away and then you'll immediately get like another of that same item once. And then, of course, you have to buy the Koroks to get your, your more inventory space, which we absolutely hated because like, what happens if you don't find them? You know, it was so annoying. Like, and it was never enough. You never had enough space. It was annoying. But with this, at least, you can fuse weapons, make whatever you want, and a lot of people are going to have fun with that, especially since, as we find out, those vehicles you saw in the last trailer are actually fused items that Link made. <laughs> the possibilities, gentlemen. They're, they're just putting this physics engine through its steps at this point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, basically, like, like more, again, like with uh, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, they basically, like, okay, uh, put this engine on the XY axis, a little bit up here and there, and, okay, three boards, maybe four boards, make something even bigger. And it's like, yeah, they're, re- they're kind of, in a, I guess in a sense, they're make, they're putting a bit more, like, uh, a la Super Mario Maker into A Legend of Zelda, which is, I guess that. that like the, the creativity they're allowing the players out this time around is like okay i i bet i'm guessing it's because like in the original game they have like you see people like attaching the octorock balloons and like oh making makeshift uh elevators so i think they're kind of expanding upon that so i'm guessing like just there's so much potential and it, the irony here is that it's such a simple idea yes hey let's let link fuse weapons or items and you know these things that he comes across to make vehicles but the potential the replay value there is infinite basically like you, you can say like oh i can make the uh, like with the boat segment oh i can make this simple raft boat or i could go find something else and let's just go crazy and make something completely over the top just so i could go across this lake <laughs> right 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 <laughs> like i I, I can definitely see like the, the combinations, for example, instead of firing uh, elemental blades and weapons, you can actually make your set elemental blades and weapons, or like as like in the demonstration, get one long stake, put a, a pitchfork, get even a longer spear or some sort. Like yeah. there's now so much things like that the team has put in, including with that shield demonstration, like putting a, sh- a shroom, a puff shroom in front of a shield to uh, allow for a smoke screen effect. It was like, okay. Or using the what, eyes I, I, to become like homing arrows, like that's it's like suddenly those go- goblin or those what are those key size key size are like suddenly very very useful now, and like everyone's gonna be like stockpiling them just so they can have homing arrows. I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't have to sell them bombs. out anymore. <laughs> like I can never miss. <laughs> yeah, like your natural aimbot of the day. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, I do not need no. F- stupid program to do the aiming for me i have eyes i do not measure the winds the wind speed i do not measure the, the arc of my arrow shot no i have keys eyes i'm good like, <laughs> like, do you enjoy having aiming eyes by the time i had them i was already a man <laughs> Yeah, now I think about like now people who have played the original Breath of the Wild, like back in my day, back in the first game, we had to aim our arrows and precisely <laughs> our arcs. But no, now you people get so spoiled, have to put a keys eyes to go and make it following or make an aimbot. Jeez, like players are getting weak, so weak, so weak. Yeah. So that that's a really cool thing, and there's and. He only showed like the the most basic things that we could do with it, like you know, putting a stick with a rock or putting the logs together to make the boat with those engines or whatever. We're gonna find new things to fuse. 
Like, mm-hmm. we, we will find ways to make, like, the dumbest and dopest crap ever, and then we'll post it online. I was like, did you, can you top this? I, I bet you anything. There's going to be, a, someone's going to make a thread. Show us your best fusions, and it's going to be. Uh, what do I, and, I have, and I have a strange, I, interesting idea that I think they really are trying to, in a sense, kind of go for a Fortnite thing, because, like, it, I, I wonder if the Switch can even able to handle, like, I don't know, make it a, an entire mobile fortress of some sort, or a mobile house to like bring it to uh, travel across high high is like yeah i wonder if it's even that possible yeah yeah all right so that was just the second thing they showed the third thing was the ascend ability now this is a little bit more particular and what it'll do is if you go into let's say a cave and that cave has a roof that leads to a like generally flat surface above it you can use Ascend to literally like phase through the ceiling and come out the other side without having to scale the entire building or place that you are in. Oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah, Through you, one... Rain. <laughs> oh my gosh. And also, I think, yeah, also nice introduce, also uh, incorporation of a loading screen as well. <laughs> so, yeah, it, uh, it, it's very... It's it. This one's easily the, the simplest of the three, but it's the one that's gonna like save so much time and energy. And as they showed in the in the video, it can be used like in on mountains. Like it's not just oh, there's like a floor above you on the ceiling. It's no, I can shoot straight up, and I'm suddenly on top of a mountain. Okay, I can do that. I I, I can do that. Yep. All right. So it, again, it was it was an interesting gameplay showing, and he he. Uh, AG and Muhos today, he did show like the little breath of Hyrule and just how grand it is. And some of you, no doubt, saw the dragon. That yes, was they can actually see yes. the dragons now. Yeah. And like, you, we, we always see them like flying into the sky, into the up once you harvest apart from them. But yeah, now you actually can see them on this, like the second level of the sky is like, wow. Okay, we can actually see dragons flying in the, the stratosphere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was it was an interesting thing. Is it the best thing? Probably not. And I really, really hope we get at least probably get at least one more, but one more trailer before the the May twelfth release date, because you know fans really want it. They want to know more about the story. You know, like I remember the final trailer for uh, Breath of the Wild and like the shot of of Zelda crying and going into Link's arms and Link's pulling out the broken masters, the other, the other, other broken masters. <laughs> the other what one. Is it with this timeline of breaking the master sword. First of the first time it was damaged by all the dang guardians. And now this one, it gets like shattered in half because of Ganon or something. I'm like, stop breaking the dang master sword. It's Canada. It's unbreakable. Okay. It's unbreakable and hundred percent incorruptible. That's what death battle said. And death battle doesn't lie. Hmm. Watch it. Watch it. So, hopefully, you know this this uh, satisfied you. It definitely satisfied me just because I I got to see more of what we will be doing, and hopefully, I don't I don't know if we'll have another direct before the game's launch, but this was at least something, and that's what fans wanted was something more than just let's be honest, a generic trailer. So. Yeah, yeah, like, basically, like, because for what a lot of people are saying, like, it, it didn't blew my mind, per se, but it was enough to keep the interest keep going, like, from showing the mechanics. And, like, and 
in my my opinion, I, I feel like the reason we got we just got off from a story trailer from alleged Ganondorf, and like they, that was already enough. And if anything else, I think Nintendo really just doesn't want to spoil the story, just because again, we we we've been spoiled too much, uh, like from trailers, like from other games out in the industry. So maybe they want to keep it close to their chest, but who knows? I, I would like to see at least just one more tidbit of a story trailer, just one more, like you, Todd, just to like really like set the, the groundwork for the hype train. But yeah, like for, at the moment right now, the gameplay trailer was was enough to just satisfy me, like and just give me the ideas. So while while not mind blowing for some people, it was it definitely generated a good enough buzz to say at least. All right, we do have some more to get to, so let's get to the other superior piece of news and the stuff that just dropped today. E3! <laughs> it gone. Again! Again! No! Oh, yeah. Um, look, it was the writing was on the wall already, and then it was revealed that Ubisoft was gone, even though they swore they would be there, that Devolver Digital left, and more, and then all of a sudden the rumors start pop- started popping up that E3 was not going to be happening. It was canceled, and then today the news broke. It's gone again. Yeah, so. uh, yeah Sega, and I believe yeah, I think it was Tencent. Oh, like one, yeah, Sega Tencent, and someone yeah. else. Yeah, like they left that, left that, and like yeah, including with the um, the prior CEO, uh, yeah, the vice president, like also also resigned resigned it uh, months prior in planning, and yeah. E3 sadly is starting to become an antique now, and Jeff Keighley is all for this. Have you seen him on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. Look, I don't want to say that this is all Jeff Keighley's fault, but I'm going to say this is all Jeff Keighley's fault. Okay, I have no doubt in my mind that Jeff Keighley somehow, some way, paid off Ubisoft, Sega, Tencent, and whoever else to leave E3 and then promised them, like, a whole bunch of spots at the Game Awards later this year, so that his show, his program, is it. Like, he is the monopoly now. This is all Geoff Keighley's fault. <laughs> okay, Ether was trying, man. They, they, they wanted to believe that they could keep it going even without Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo. And they technically could have if the other uh, companies, the other big names were there. But then slowly, one by one, they all faded off. Coincidence? I think not. It's totally Geoff Keighley. I mean, I can't find any evidence to prove you wrong. But here's another way to think of this. And I I, I want you to see the dots, all right? What was one, let's say, developer that was already not going to be at E3 this year? The one that never, ever committed to the show? Hideo Kojima. See, look look at the big brain on Will. You dang right it was Kojima. And who was Kojima's BFF? Geoff Keighley. (laughs) <laughs> Josh probably warned him to say, hey, Kojima, I know you're working on Death Stranding too. Don't show it off at E3. I guarantee you in a month it won't be there. I've got things in the works. And then it, Kojima-san was like, okay, Josh, you know I trust you more than life itself. I definitely trust you more than Konami. So, I, <laughs> so okay. And he Very high bar there. Yeah, I know. It's such a high bar to clear. So, yeah, this is totally on Josh Keighley. And that sucks because we'll never know what Repop could have done with the show. So, now, is this unexpected not really even if it went off i don't feel it would have been as big as possible not just because of who wasn't there but because it just wouldn't feel like e3 without certain people there 
but like Ubisoft, <laughs> well, not just Ubisoft, but like you know Square Enix and Sega, and you yeah, know, you, know, you could do it without the big three. Other shows have done you know game shows or game conventions without the big three. Yeah, um, I mean, like, PlayStation's been pretty much gone from E3 for a while, so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it was really just a matter of, you know, could you establish it as this big presence? And that was already going to be such a big hurdle to climb, not just because of who was there or wasn't there, but you had to interest the fans, interest the press, and you had to make it, as many people have wisely pointed out, you had to make it more feasible than just the online shows. Yes. And now with everyone having online computers and all that, just like, okay, just go on, on the internet and we'd be good. We don't have to go travel to go on that. And of course, we have demos being released on the digital front where, like, the convenience is too much. Yeah. The convenience is too much. Exactly. It's, and that's just that it's, it's more cost effective. Because yeah. it's, not, it's not, oh, I have to, you know, book a flight, book a hotel, get all the stuff there, get it all set up plan rehearse make sure there's no sound issues and so on and so on and so on just to do this production that you hope you hope will bring hype to your platform and your games you know versus like what the nintendo direct is which is a controlled environment yes you'll still have rehearsals or whatever but it's a controlled environment it's green screens it's simple lines it's not monologues and sometimes you do like the videos in the developer's own business or whatever so they can have their own comfortableness and, and you don't need live orchestras. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about the audience. You don't have to worry about the press being on your face or whatever. It it works for them. It works for them, and that's why they do it more. So they don't need an E3. And then the only reason that the Game Awards matters is because it's an actual award show, quote unquote. We all know it's a lie, and it's totally rigged, Joff Keeley. It's but just trailers. It's just, well, not just that. It's just trailers and, like, you know, hey, who won this category? This game. Who won this category? This game! And so on and so forth. So, am I sad that E3 is gone? Yes, because it was a very big part of my teen years and early college years where I totally skipped the or skipped part of the final exam because of E3. <laughs> it's true. Um, but this was an important part of the industry at one point in time. But as with all things, we change, we evolve, and we find new ways of doing things. And E3, as sad as it may sound, is not needed anymore. So it had a great run. It The writing was on the wall. They tried one more time, and I respect them for it. But it's it's time to close shop. So say love could, could, could they come back in some way? Perhaps. Everything that is, again, missing two years already, I mean, a la pandemic or any other causes, is like, they really definitely has to do something really major if you want to go bring back, up, bring back the left again. I guarantee, I guarantee you that if they were to try this, again, they would make every person who is supposedly coming to the show sign the biggest con or sign a contract to make sure that they can't leave. You know, I was like, if you sign this contract, uh, you have to come. Ten-cent contract, laminated, do not burn it in the shredder. Like, that's E3. Like, 44 TVs. Like, they really have to sell that if you want to, like, put put people in seats and love for things, yes. Yeah, E3 is going to also probably have to be a whole new thing if they are going to be a thing now. 
but I don't know if that's going to be next year. Probably, well, I probably imagine that if they are going to do as much changes as is required, it's probably going to take a lot longer than just a year for them to figure that out. Yeah, they gotta do a lot of R and D, like see what's what's pop basically popper again. Yeah, yeah. Is it? How do I want to say this? Is it impossible for them to come back and make it work? No. Is it gonna be incredibly difficult? Yeah. Yes. Yep. So. <sighs> so we'll just we'll just have to see where it goes, and uh, and never know. And never know. All right. Next up, we have. Let's see. Oh yeah, this is a oh yeah. Here's the here's the rant, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna go right for the Super Mario Brothers movie <laughs> <laughs> because multiple stars of the movie have come forward and talked about various aspects of the game or the movie. Sorry, and including like you know, there's gonna be a post credit sequence. They're already trying to set up a sequel. A lot of the stars will be up for spinoffs like Donkey Kong Country or Luigi's Mansion and whatnot. But the biggest thing I want to talk about is the voices. Um, Seth Rogen and Chris Pratt each did interview. Sorry, interviews about the movie recently, and Chris Pratt said, "Go watch the movie and then judge me on the voice." In fact, go see it twice. <laughs> Very subtle, Mr. Pratt. Very. Mm. Subtle. I wonder if he wants people to see the movie. I don't know. <laughs> and then he he's talked about like how you know they worked on the voice and whatever, and I'm like, okay, first of all, if you actually worked on the voice, why does it still sound like you? And. Just the way it's like, you know, watch the movie, then judge me. It's like, mm, not sure how that's how it works, first of all. Uh, we've seen you in the trailers. And notice, and I, the more I think about it, they have not had Mario talk that much in the trailers. They've had, yeah. they've had Bowser, Peach, even Luigi talk more in the trailers than, than Mario. And I'm like, that was by design, because they don't want us to mock the Mario voice that he has. Or lack of Mario voice that he has. <laughs> so, yeah, I am not amused, Mr. Pratt. I am not amused at all. But the worst one. The worst one was Seth Rogen. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. He did an interview, and he said straight up, quote, I don't do voices. If you want me to sound like, if you want DK to sound like me, that's what you're going to get. I am not doing anything other than my voice. First of all, who says that? Who says that? Like, and if you're just saying, like, you know, I don't like to do voices, you know, I prefer to use my real voice. That's one thing. But just the way he said it, like, I don't do voices. If you want it to be DK, sound like me, that's how it is. That's all it's going to be. And I'm like, that's not how it's supposed to work for voice acting roles. Especially for an animated film like this. Yeah, that, that definitely gives a semblance of, like, entitlement kind of yeah. a deal. Oh, absolutely. And remember that this is the guy who said that critics shouldn't bash films just because people w put work into it. Like, that's not how that works either. You can put a lot of work into something, it can still be crap. <laughs> that emoji movie, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, even Patrick Stewart was like, you know, I really did that movie, didn't I? Like, Patrick Stewart was like, uh, da, da, da. or how about, or how about, here's a great example, Morbius. Matt Smith said that it's like the worst movie he's ever done, and he can't believe that, he couldn't believe that a person said he liked it. Like, he acknowledged how bad it was. So why shouldn't the rest of us? But anyway, uh, he he said like you know I'm I'm only doing my voice and that's it and a that makes me make mad at the directors because they approved that. Mm. Hey, what does Donkey Kong sound like? Oh, it totally sounds like Seth Rogen. No, no, <laughs> just no. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Well, Todd, wait a minute. Technically, Donkey Kong doesn't 
have a voice outside of the uh, Donkey Kong Country uh, TV series, which I'm sure all of you remember. <laughs> I'm sure. But that doesn't mean that you go, hey, let's just have Seth Rogen do it. No, thank you. And B, that's just an insult to voice actors. Mm-hmm. Voice actors who honestly put a lot of time and effort to, uh, you know, make sure that they have the voice perfect, or the or the casting directors who sometimes go through so many people until they find the voice. Yes, of the yes, yes, yes. A great example is the legendary and sadly late Kevin Conroy. Like they were trying Batman after Batman after Batman slash Bruce Wayne, and he said he didn't even, you know, he didn't feel he was going to get the role, and he said he went to this dark place, and the voice just came out of him, and as he looked out at the casting crew, they were like, you could see that they were impressed by the voice. Like, that's how it's supposed to work. I knew they found Batman. Yes. You yep, gosh yep. dang right they found Batman. He was Batman for 25 years. Peace, good sir. And or how about the anime people? Uh, will help me out here. Who was the voice of Piccolo and All Might? Christopher Sabat. Oh, Christopher Sabat. Yeah, Christopher Sabat. Even in those his roles, which do sound similar, All Might and Piccolo do sound similar because it's the same actor. But he still puts differences in them to make it not the same voice. Piccolo is much more rugged, whereas All Might, especially in his less, uh, let's call it his simplified form, uh, is much more compassionate and kind and soft spoken. You know, and that's how that's his acting at work versus Seth Rogen who just says, you know, I'm going to sound like me. Yeah, like voice actors like put a lot of nuances regarding to tone, their pitch, inclu- when voicing characters. I mean, heck, Mario is like, as you know, Charles Martin's Mario is just like, again, the, how he shapes it regarding to all the games. Like, that, that takes talent. And heck, even like Mario, um, Donkey Kong's like sound effects, like the his, like, I'm going, yeah, back in the in the Donkey Kong City four days. Like, even that much, like, there is a, an, a sense of, like, an emphasis of toning. Be it, I don't know, be it sound engineers or even the actors themselves. There is a sense of work that, yeah, you got to put in the work. If you put in the work, it will show in the performance. And, like, sure, if you want to go just simply as your voice, that is an option. But not many people will be receptive, especially when it's such a high... I, I, IP like Mario or Donkey Kong. So when you like Seth Rogen, I mean, sure, if you if you feel your voice is enough, fine. But don't just say like, oh, oh like, like, do not um, disapprove or like people just changing voices. I mean, heck, the fact that even Keegan Michael Key actually put in more effort is like, yeah, yeah. And I was impressed by that. He was like, yes, I did, you know, this and this, and they go, they said go higher. I'm like, okay, and I did that, and I was you know imitating a friend of mine, and blah 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 blah. Like that was great, and I was I was impressed by that that he went that far to to make the voice for Toad, and that honestly made me happy that he would go that far, and you know that just shows his talent his talent as an actor. But and then you get you know Seth Rogen. Seth Seth Rogen's like no, I, I'm doing mine, and and that's all you're gonna get. Like that's not how it's supposed to work, and. That makes me mad. At the again, remember the directors who said, "Oh, Chris Pratt's perfect because he could play an underdog blue collar guy." I'm like, so many others could do. No. <laughs> he's the only one who could do that. He's clearly. the only one <laughs> who could do this. Clearly. So, yeah, I felt I wasn't going to see the movie anyway, but this just makes me even more mad, especially since the rumors going around that uh, Charles Martinet is actually going to do 
two voices in the movie, and one of them is allegedly Mario's father. <laughs> huh? I know. It's not confirmed. It is not confirmed. And there's also another character called Giuseppe that he's allegedly going to voice. I don't know. But that's still an insult, and they should be ashamed. And also, one more thing in regards to Seth Rogen, because oh, he also on the official Twitter account of the Mario movie, like, yeah, they even had uh, Seth Rogen also seeing the DK rap. And while I would say, like, he enjoyed the DK rap, I will not forgive him saying, like, the raps themselves stink. No, the yeah. original DK rap is great. Yeah, it and, is. It is one of the most iconic things ever, and he should be ashamed. He said, this is like one of the worst raps of all time. I'm sorry, you're supposed to be promoting the video. And then later on, he goes, oh, yeah, I guess this part is pretty good. Like, the whole thing is good, you jerk. He's <laughs> like, how how dare? How? It's the DK rap. Yeah. So, yeah. And everyone, and I saw some people saying, like, oh, this is, he's, his voice sounds so perfect for DK, then you need to get out more. <laughs> okay. That just, I'm just saying, like, this is, it's, yeah, it's bad. So, again, again, if you, uh, if you go watch the movie, that's, that's your right. But you have been warned. All right. You have been warned. All right. Going graphic fire through some of the next ones. Uh, Pokemon anime. It is over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, I won't spoil the ending because I, I haven't seen it in full, so I don't want to make any early judgments. But I, I, I have heard various things about it, um, including how Ash defined what it means to be a Pokemon master. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 there, yeah. So that was, that was really cool. Um, we also got an unexpected reunion, which I thought was really nice. Yep, yep, yep. And I did, I did, I did. the next anime has officially been dubbed Pokemon Horizons. So, Alrighty. Yeah, I mean, not, not the worst name. So we'll we'll see how that goes, and we're gonna definitely get more of that, or like insight onto that coming soon as it starts to air in Japan. So be ready for that. Uh, let's see. Okay, the Wii U and 3DS eShops have officially shut down. Uh, rest in peace, little eShop icon. Uh, I miss them already. Yeah, we we shall we shall endure. Well, we shall endure. Uh, and and then. <laughs> Not long after that, the Dolphin emulator <laughs> came onto Steam. Now, for the record, it's not for the Wii U and the 3DS. It's actually for the GameCube and the Wii, but still. It's something. and like it's oh, generation I... behind, but it, it We're getting there. <laughs> We're getting there. So. Yes, and like, oh, oh, you, you said that the eShop said, don't worry, we got to cover it. Dolphin emulator. Oh, okay. It's a Wii, Wii U game, but oh, fine, fine. It's something. And like, oh boy, I can only imagine how many people were like, <laughs> yar. Yeah. So, just, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's always something with, with us nerds, you know. So, all right. Uh, and then finally, this is not a Switch thing, but it's one I want to talk about really quick. Multiverses. Mm -mm -mm. So, they announced that in less than 90 days, they are going to shut down the beta. Yes, the beta is still been going on. You probably didn't realize it because of like the season pass and the founder packs and everything else. But uh, the beta is still been going on, but it will shut down by June 25th. And then it will be offline outside of local play and the training area until early 2024. <sighs> uh huh. That's quite a big gap for that just is basic maintenance at this point. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, it's, and they explained it. They said, you know, we want to have time to, you know, make the game 
this, that, and the other thing, and work on the improvements that you all want. And I'm like, that's fine, but you spent a lot of time in the beta getting money from people, and now you literally just told them they can't play the game. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that was, yet again, a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't help that they don't really have a lot of, you know, offline components to it. So mm-hmm. only having offline play just basically means you can play with another person that's next to you. Yeah, only local. <laughs> and that's if you have someone to, next to you to play with. That's if you have someone next to you. Friends, or if what you is have that? team, you can do a remote play, I guess, but <laughs> yeah, it's like... not a lot. Yeah, so it's, I mean, well, I get it that they're trying to like get developed, but yeah, just this whole move seems to be much, definitely one. It's again the fact that this was a public test, a beta, and not a product itself is like, well, and now shutting it down. It's just wow, kind of money growing. I mean, I get in a sense, yeah, you need to go and cover defense expenses, yada yada yada. You need to make money, but I'm making money off a a, a public test like this is. Yeah, it, it it doesn't jive with me. It doesn't jive with me. Yeah. So, and like a lot of people are like asking for refunds and they're not going to get it because of the policy. I'm like, wait a minute, you, you charge it. Some of these, the founder pack I mentioned that earlier, that was like $90. Yes, yes. I, I'm so glad. I mean, I downloaded uh, yeah, uh, Multiverse and I'm so glad I didn't bought anything on that thing, thankfully. Yeah, I didn't buy anything on it either. And I, I never played it in any form on any system. <laughs> I thought that I wasn't interested. I just never got around to it. And I was like, yeah, not, not, I'm, I'm good, thanks. So, and now it's like, you know, again, you do have the next couple months to play it, but that's also not the point because you know it's going to come to an end and then who knows when it's going to launch again. They didn't give you a release date. They just said early 2024. What right. happens if there's a delay? Right, and then you gotta buy the stuff again if they want to charge you for it. And of course, that's really, they're not going to, Unless they do the whole save data from the, the first alpha. Hold on. And you get I, like, can, I can answer that. All progress that you have made will transfer over. Oh, yep. Okay, that, so that's made, one thing. They save. did make that clear that it's not, you're not, not you, have, you don't have to buy like the founder's pack again once you bought it. All And all the progress you've made will transfer over. It's all right, just so. at this point like a pre order. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good way of thinking about it. So, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so complicated and so weird. And. Uh, our our own Tellius Tyler was talking about this. I'm like, this is the future of digital games, and I'm like, that's sad. Then, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. hey, you you've already put so much money, into time, into effort to the game, and now it's gone. So wait for it to come back. I'm like, that shouldn't be how it works. So hopefully, Nintendo does not decide to do something like this in the future. I mean, the demos that they've been doing are great. Like, those are different. Like, that's do the demo, give us feedback, and we'll try and incorporate it into the main game. That's an entirely different thing. Yes. So, so for all you multiverses people who are you know disappointed, you just please know you are not alone. There are a lot of people online who are not happy with player first games about this. So, enjoy the game while you can, because it'll be gone soon. <laughs> yep. All right, and with that, we are ending this episode of the Ten Rain Team Podcast. What do did you think of the Tears of the Kingdom Direct? Were you impressed by the gameplay features that were shown off? Are you sad that E3 2023 is gone? Are you still going to watch the Super Mario Brothers movie? And please give me an actual reason why. I like, <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of Mario, so <laughs> no, go watch it and just do let us know what you think. Um, and are you one of the people who is ticked off about the multiverses shutdown? And who are you picking the side on in the upcoming Splatfest? Let us know in the comments below. So for Falcon Faith, wherever she may be. 
Skull Kid Scott, Mario Will, I am Triforce Tile. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not allies. We made it to the end of the level. So, raise the flag. <laughs>